Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. You're Holden. I'm Jimmy. Okay, Indeed. I get them confused sometimes. Yeah, I okay. do too. The clarification helps. Apparently, uh, apparently, people listening do sometimes as well. Apparently, we've got similar voices similar voices yeah i mean i don't feel that way like no you have a good voice and i've got this really nasally voice yeah you should just talk um, like squidward. actually talk um, like squidward for an episode um actually sound doesn't travel in space so you can't hear anything so star wars there wouldn't be any noise okay <laughs> that is you uh we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of swiss army man Woo. We're not doing Matrix this week. We talked about it last week, but Jimmy's busy, so. Yeah, I'm just so busy and important. Yeah. I'm too important for the Matrix. Yeah. That one movie podcast. Stomp. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Oh, by golly. Oh, by golly. Toms is a rapid fire. Oh, I need to stop. <laughs> That's okay. You can just keep going. I'll just put the Toms theme right after our main theme. It's okay. We'll Toms, is a, okay. yeah. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we write the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms. Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. You know, honestly, we haven't had a technical difficulties in a while, so you flubbing the intro is really not. Yeah. Compared to those, it's you know. I'm. I, yeah. We've been do, we've been doing a pretty good job. Pretty consistent. I haven't flubbed in a while, so this, yeah. yeah, not bad. And holding flubs often. I do. Um. Yeah. This week's we have a lot of trailers. We took a week off. Apparently, that every every movie studio is just like we're gonna release something. Let's get yeah. something out. It's there. a whole trailer park worth of trailers. <laughs> it's a trailer park worth of trailers. Um. So just uh, I'll just pick one to start. For uh, we have Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Uh, the new Guillermo del Toro film. Um, which is an adaptation of a novel from the 40s, I think, previously adapted into another movie. But which wh- apparently the whole thing is on YouTube because it showed up really? my. <laughs> it was like I looked up the Nightmare Alley trailer and it was just like the third other <laughs> video. It's just like hour 47 minutes or whatever. I'm like, oh. That's okay. just a movie from the 40s, I guess. From what I understand, this uh, it, this isn't like a remake of the movie. This is just another adaptation of the source material. And I think the original book or the original adaptation is more of a film noir kind of thing. And from what I understand, this is taking more of a psychological thriller approach. So I, I think this is going to be very much its own thing. Um, but yeah, what do you think of the trailer, Jimmy? I mean, it looks good. Uh, I like Willem Dafoe, obviously, being yeah. like, is like it him yelling or is it beast? <laughs> he does seem like... As a carny. <laughs> yeah. He does seem like that's the perfect role for him. I mean, it's got the Guillermo del Toro ambiance of mm-hmm. just 
mystery and you know uh, whimsical, not whimsical, I guess, but mysterious. It, yeah, whimsical's kind of a I little mean, bit, it, yeah, but more mysterious and kind of like this retro horror sort of vibe. Um, I've heard comparisons to Bioshock, which I can kind of see. I can kind of see. I guess more in the the setting and and. Just what like Willem Dafoe is like yelling, <laughs> almost sounds like something that Andrew Ryan would yell, kind of in Bioshock. But but yeah, I mean, I it looks good. I mean, it looks great. I mean, visually, uh, got a star-studded cast. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, it seems in this a vein similar to Shape of Water. You got some yeah. sort of misunderstood creature sounds like and then the real beast is humanity am i right <laughs> i th- uh i just from reading the brief synopsis and i i did read this weeks ago so i could be misremembering i don't think it, it's really focusing on this creature i think it is more so about from what i understand bradley cooper and kate blanchett are kind of like they're kind of romantically entangled, but they're also kind of playing each other for fools. They're both kind of sociopaths, I think. I don't know. It's it's seems to be much more about them. All right. So the 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 synopsis on Google is a corrupt con man teams up with a female psychiatrist to trick people into giving them money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Um, I did, I, the comparisons with Bioshock, I was seeing that in the comments of the trailer and one of them's like, why hasn't Guillermo del Toro made a Bioshock movie? I'm like, I mean, if someone were to do it, I think he, he would do it well. Yeah. Also two hours and 19 minutes. Oh, okay. Not, so, not awful, but. December 17th. That's coming Isn't soon. that the same weekend as Spider-Man? It, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> wow. Jeez. December, I, I was doing some looking this week. December is also kind of stacked. So we've got October a little bit. I mean, we still got stuff in November, but Eternals, it's not as packed. Red Notice is not well. Ghostbusters, King Richard, House of Gucci, and Kanto. I don't want to watch King Richard, really. I mean, I know, I know you like tennis. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> It's probably going to be nominated for Oscars. I feel like we should watch it. Okay, we'll see. If it's good, we'll see it. But speaking of December, well, I guess I'll give it a Brokaw. Uh, yeah, Brokaw. But speaking of December movies, hold well, in West Side Story. Steven yeah. Spielberg is making a musical, and it looks good. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, full trailer came out this week. I think a teaser came out like with the Super Bowl or something. Mm-hmm. It was a while ago. Um, but, yeah, this is the full trailer. Yeah, visually it looks great. Um, I we got little hints of like dance choreography, not a ton, but from what little we saw, it looks cool. Not a ton of singing aside from the uh, the song that Maria sang. I can't, I don't know the name of that song. I don't remember. Um, but the sings she the song she kind of sings at the beginning and end of the trailer. Um, but yeah, I mean, visually at least, it looks very impressive and cool. I. It looks gorgeous. I mean, phenomenal cinematography. Yeah. Uh, it just looks magical yeah. to me. And I wasn't expecting that. The teaser trailer got my hopes up a little bit. But I'm actually excited for this movie now. And I wasn't <laughs> expecting to see it. And I really hope this movie is good. I'm keeping my expectations like in check. Yeah. But 
I have that little glimmer of hope that maybe this has the Steven Spielberg magic in it and he's got a I mean it's just it looks it just I don't know I got it got has the aura of a movie that came out in the 90s yeah it just doesn't feel like it, it's coming out in 2021 and there's some sort of magic to that yeah um I have you seen the original movie at all Mm-mm. Uh, I mean you, you have a lot of people that are just angry on the internet because they have a lot of fondness for the old one but I think the old one is just not that good anymore and <laughs> it the, was like and this is a i think they said it's a reimagining or whatever. yeah it's this not is, a remake it's not a remake of the movie it was steven spielberg going to the script of the music like the stage musical and kind of doing his own thing off of that so if you're really a big fan of the old movie i'm sure this will still it'll still hold merit after this i mean who knows maybe this will be awful and that'll still be the best adaptation but i'm holding out hope i think i like ansel elgort even though he's maybe not a good person. I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't kept up with it. So I'll give it a Brokaw, Holden. Yeah. Uh, Brokaw for me as well. Nice. Um, next trailer, we can do... Uh, let's do this one. Uh, don't look up. Did we talk about this? No, we didn't. And I immediately when we finished recording uh, last the, a week and a half ago, I was like, well, we dropped <laughs> the ball on that one. The biggest trailer to come out. Yeah, is uh we we've mentioned this before don't look up. It's the new Netflix movie by Adam McKay. Um it's very uh, politically charged, but the big drawing point or big draw to it is the cast is just insane for this movie. And I feel like I mean that's that's probably where the majority of the budget went. I'm sure this movie had a, a fairly large budget with a known director like him and everyone involved. But you got Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill. Um, who else? Uh, Tyler Perry. <laughs> you say you said Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I think you hit the big ones. But there's there's a bunch. Other- Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some other big ones that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, some of those guys I recognize, but I don't remember their names. Yeah. Anyway, awesome cast. Very exciting. Uh, the trailer's not very long. Um, but I think so a a comet is coming towards earth and they're like a comet's going to run into earth. We got to stop it. And I guess there's like a bunch of misinformation about it. Yeah. Boy, I wonder what they're trying to draw comparisons to. (laughs) Um, I think this movie's not, I I feel like I'm not going to like this movie just like I did not like vice. It's hard because I, I mean, I feel like the movie could be, could be kind of funny i mean this movie definitely or this trailer at least play definitely plays up the comedic angle of it and so i think it could be funny the cast is like huge and interesting enough that that might draw me in and like keep me interested but yeah i don't know i i it's it's pretty on the nose i'm sure it's going to remain that way i mean Vice was not very subtle in what it what it was talking about either. And I was really excited for Vice. I, I was, was very just. Dis- I was like, well, that was just not very good in my opinion. Me for for me, Vice was good up until the halfway point. I thought like the first half was really entertaining, and then I just did not like the second half. At it just all. felt more like a rant in yeah. a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, I get why people like it, and just I didn't like it. And I feel like this is going to be one of those like I get why people like it, I just don't like it. And I really like The Big Short, 
which yeah. you have not seen. I haven't seen. Although he I, I like he's he, he also directed like Anchor the Anchorman movies. Yeah, Step Brothers. Step Brothers, maybe. Yeah. yeah, one of those. So like he knows comedy, um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm gonna go Bergeron. I mean, I'll watch it for my man Leo, but yeah. I'm sure I he'll feel be like great. it's just gonna be a rant again. Yeah, Bergeron for me too. I wonder how long it's gonna. I hope it's not just like a two and a half hour long. I hope they shoot <laughs> Dick Cheney in a rocket to blow up the comet. Yeah, played by Christian Bale once again. No, played by Dick. They just it's actually just shoot actually Dick Cheney, and they they actually shoot him at a comet. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bergeron. Um, next up, we can do the Hawkeye. Trailer. Hawkeye. Uh, it's a Christmas show. I guess. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, it's coming out uh, end of November, the new Disney Plus series, uh, Marvel series. Um, so uh, it's Hawkeye. We're introducing Kate Bishop, who's kind of like the young female Hawkeye character. Uh, and this is played by... Well, I'm, I'm blanking on her name. She's in a lot of stuff. Just a second. I'll pull it up. Anyway... Um, uh it yeah it's a christmas show it's very uh i don't know the the trailer was very i mean i guess it's partially due to it's the music the choice yeah very festive there's lots of snow lots of christmas decorations looks like a christmas in new york Haley steinfeld steinfeld that's who it is she's in a lot of mo- she's in like the pitch perfect movies she's in uh edge of 17 she's the star of that she's very good in that she was the star of bumblebee <laughs> Um, she's a she's a great actress. I I, I like almost uh, everything she's in, um, and Vera Farminga is yeah. in it. I don't know what role she plays. I didn't notice her until the second time I watched the trailer, and I'm like, wait a wait a second, yeah. <laughs> you're Vera Farminga. Awesome. Um, I mean, it looks kind of cool. I mean, it looks better than I thought it was going yeah. to. Yeah. So I guess a Brokaw. Yeah, it's weird. Like that. Okay, so what I was fully expecting is I do not care about Hawkeye at all. He might be my least favorite Marvel character, even more so than like Falcon and and all of them. Like I just do not care about Hawkeye. I was expecting it was gonna just be a Hawkeye show with like Falcon and the Winter Soldier action, but the action actually seems okay. Like it's not. I mean, it's not a Mission Impossible or John Wick or anything, but it, a lot of it seems to be... It's not like shaky cam, like, all over quick cuts. It seems a lot in camera. I don't know. It seems kind of cool. Do you think you will enjoy this show more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes. I, I mean, think, it's not a high bar for us. No. Because we didn't love that show. We thought it was very mediocre. I think uh, with Vera Farminga, Haley Steinfeld attached, the Christmas fun jolly setting we'll see it what tone that adds to it and like i said the action looks better i think automatically it's it, it has me more excited i uh, jeremy renner is still the least interesting part of this trailer for me <laughs> like he's fine but i hope that i hope the post credit scene of the show is boom 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 and it's just <laughs> julie louis dreyfus going into the seinfeld uh, apartment going <laughs> hey oh, <that's-> uh, <laughs> That's uh, right. Florence Pugh's going to be in this. Yeah, I forgot. Just about like that. getting the, all the the whatever they dark. What are they called? The not the the not the Avengers. The dark event. What are they called? Dark event. Yeah, is that what it is? It's something like that. I think they have a different name, but 
yeah, with like U.S. <laughs> agent and and Florence Pugh, and just but it's just a lane in New York, you know, because it's New yeah. York. yeah. That, that wasn't very funny, funny I guess. Whatever. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'll. I mean, it has me more excited for it than it than I was before. So I'll give it a Brokaw. I think it did its job. Yeah, and we didn't even see Florence Pew Pew. Yeah, we did. Pew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, broke on. Cool. And then our final trailer, uh, the tragedy of Macbeth. Very short Very trailer. trailer. Um, it's the new movie by Joel Cohen. Uh, doing, I think his first movie on his own. Uh, one of the Cohen brothers, because uh, Ethan Cohen said that he doesn't want to make movies anymore. He wants to like focus on stage plays and stuff. Okay, so- Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess in. Unless he has a change of heart, I guess this this is probably the closest we're going to get from now on. Um, but yeah, it's looks like an A24 movie. Yeah, it's A24, <laughs> black and white, four to four by three aspect ratio. So it checks all those boxes. Yep. Uh, I mean, we have... Uh, what is... Okay, one second. I thought my, thought my garage band went crazy, but I think we're good, so... Okay, let's hope um, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's still recording, but it was like error with this thing, and but it's I think it's fine. So it's okay. still recording, and I still see waveform. So false alarm. <laughs> I did tempt the the podcast gods with our no technical difficulties in a while line earlier, and I did not knock on wood. Did you open Google Chrome or something? No, I had Safari. It was something about overwriting a MIDI file, and I don't know. Interesting. Uh, anyway, anywho. Uh, Francis McDormand, uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Uh, was it the guy who plays? Is it Dudley Dursley in it? Is he the guy, or am I thinking of a different actor? No, Brendan Gleeson. Is that who you're talking about? Because uh, no, I is he in it? But I I thought the guy who played Dudley Dursley was in it. Maybe <laughs> I guess I I did. I think he is Harry Melling, unless he was in a different trailer that I saw. That could be. Uh, I'm, he's great. He the, was he, the guy who was also in the Queen's Gambit. Let me see yeah, if he's in. Yeah, he's great in that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he is. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, the the dude who's in all A twenty four movies with his deep voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's in it. He's in it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. The Green Knight. Um, yeah, I mean, I, okay, so the Green Knight kind of burned me a bit because the trailers were really cool, but it was just really boring. Well, this one's, about this one's short, so. Is it? How long yeah, is it? Yeah, isn't it, didn't they say it was like an hour and 40 minutes and like, how did they fit Macbeth and all that? Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, um, I, Macbeth, is, I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan, but Macbeth is an exception. I do like the story of Macbeth. Um, the adapt- I mentioned this a couple, few months ago. The adaptation starring Michael Fassbender from a few years ago was really good. Um, but, I mean, love the Coen brothers. I guess we'll see if, if this Coen is... <laughs> <laughs> Which one's the real Coen? Yeah, who's the Trey Parker and who's the Matt Stone? <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. So Joel Cohen wrote it for screen and is directing it. So I don't really. I mean, I read Macbeth in high school, but I don't really remember it. Um, I do like myself a Hamlet. 
Nice. A, a good ham and cheese Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give it, I mean, we really didn't see anything from this trailer, so I'll give it a Bergeron. Other than I'll it's gi- four by three in black and white. I'll give it a Brokaw. Alrighty, Holden. That's enough trailer talk. For that this is week. enough trailer talk. Let's get on to to news. Yeah. Um. First of all, um. This was last week. Um. Uh, last week in Soho. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Unfortunately, uh, Norm Macdonald passed away. Are yeah. You, do, do you know Norm? I, I mean, I know of him, but I really don't know his material. So. Okay. I I, I genuinely think he was one of the funniest comedians around. I he was, <laughs> he's one of those guys who would just like pop up in random things, and it, I part of it is his voice. His voice is just like inherently funny to me, but also just the way he delivers everything. He's got a very dry sense of humor. Um, his SNL, he used to do the weekend update on SNL in the nineties. Mm. And <laughs> I watched a compilation the other day where like during the OJ trial, like half of his jokes were just at OJ's expense and they're really funny. It's just, <laughs> it was like, I, I can't remember one of them was like, Oh, um, it was something about the Dr. Seuss estate. Like, oh, they're re-releasing uh, Green Eggs and Ham, and they're titling it Green Eggs and Ham and O.J. Did It, or <laughs> something like that. It's just like you would incorporate it into random things. But I, and beyond that, he's had talk. He's been on talk shows. His stuff on whenever he goes on Conan is really funny. Um, he does a lot of voice acting. He's just a very funny individual. And he's in one of my favorite SNL skits, which is the Celebrity Jeopardy with um, where he plays, uh, crap, what's his name? <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, he plays Burt Reynolds. Yeah, he does a good job. And he's, that. That's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, sad to see him pass away. I kind of have been going through a lot of his uh, old interviews and stuff and just kind of laughing at it. I'll take Littitz now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good sketch. Uh, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, really funny guy from what I have seen, which is I just bits and pieces. But I, I wouldn't say I w- knew him that well. So I guess this is a good opportunity to actually get exposed to his material and come to appreciate uh, the comedy that he offered the world. For mm-hmm. which I will give him a Brokaw. I'll give him a Brokaw as well. Also, apparently he was he was fired off of SNL because like one of the main producers was good friends with OJ. That's wow. what I heard, and there's a whole controversy. And you about know it. us; we always are spreading rumors without <laughs> any citations. That's I mean I don't I guess I guess that hasn't been confirmed that that's why, but that's been a, a strong but let's rumor. Let's just that spread he's that pat- rumor. He, no, he's he's said that in the past, so before it must too. be true. Okay, let's spread Whatever. it. Whatever. Since we don't that's know anything from, about it, that is something just... from the '90s. That is a long time ago in the past. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Fantastic Beasts 3. This movie's still coming out. I keep forgetting about it. Okay. <laughs> um, it was announced this week that it's called Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a Fantastic dumb- <laughs> Beasts, Let There Be Carnage. I, like, okay, it's, it's, it's in the same format as The Crimes of Grindelwald, but that's, that title was still stupid. So this this title's still kind of stupid too. Fantastic Beasts. You're only going for Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> yep, exactly. And it was also moved up. The release date was moved up to April 15th of next year. What? Yeah. 
Well, that's still how many years after they made the last one. We have that not. Was, that has come out. That came out before this podcast, didn't it? Yeah, it must have been like the November before this podcast. Boy. So 2018. I didn't hate it. You hated I it. I hated it. I Well, I was just so I like was literally falling asleep. I had I remember that movie going experience. I went with one of my friends and I had to get up and leave the theater and walk around. <laughs> Otherwise, I was just going to fall asleep. There was like three or four times I did that throughout the movie. And it wasn't that it was like I, I was overtired or anything. It was just so boring. Well, uh, you know what they alluded to in the books. I'm sure they'll be exploring a lot of a lot of Dumbledore's secrets together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was wasn't it confirmed it was confirmed in the last movie that like I'm pretty sure he mentions he was in a relationship with Grindelwald. I don't I don't think that was in the movie. I think that was just in a tweet. At was some it? Point. I I maybe not. It's definitely like they it, were in a, it's definitely been confirmed that he and Dumbledore were in a relationship, but I don't know if that's in the maybe, books or if that is just a tweet that Jake. It might I feel like maybe it was just maybe it was just alluded to in the last movie. Maybe it wasn't officially said. I feel like there It's it, definitely it, it been I I'm almost certain that it's been officially said somewhere though. I don't think yeah, it's Yeah, no, movies. it was like I I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure JK Rowling said it in a tweet like ten years ago. Or like I feel like that was a confirmed a while okay. ago yeah what dumbledore's secrets huh <laughs> <laughs> where are you keeping your secrets dumbledore <laughs> it's like victoria's secret but it's dumbledore's secret <laughs> he's just Under wearing no thin lace underwear he uh his uh, he's not wearing any clothes but his beard goes down and covers his private <laughs> parts Oh, I, I, okay. I said, I, there's also a synopsis given. I should read this. He's got, you know, Dumbledore's got a lot of nice nightcaps that he wears. He does. Yeah. He's got like the classic wizard hats too. Imagine just fun. wearing a bathrobe all the time. <laughs> Professor, okay. So here's the synopsis. Professor Albus Dumbledore knows the powerful dark wizard Gellert Grindelwald is moving to seize control of the wizarding world. Unable to stop him alone. He entrusts, ma- he entrusts magizoologist Newt Scamander to lead an intrepid team of wizards, witches, and one brave muggle baker on a dangerous mission where they encounter old and new beasts and clash with Grindelwald's growing legion of followers. But with the stakes so high, how long can Dumbledore remain on the sidelines? With the stakes that, so high that we already know that he, the Grindelwald didn't win. Also, that just sounds like the synopsis to the, the previous <laughs> movie. <laughs> like, Dumbledore sent him after, sent Newt after, like, fi- find out stuff about Grindelwald, and then Grindelwald's, like, army is growing. That, that just sounds like the synopsis to the last movie. Yep. And they've got, like, three It's almost like J.K. Rowling's running out of ideas. <laughs> Remember, got, remember when she said she wasn't going to write any more Harry Potter stuff after the seventh book? Did she attempt anything? Like, I, I wonder if. Well, she, yeah, no, no, no. She she wrote other things. She did, wrote other books. Yeah, that weren't Harry Potter. Oh, related. okay. I guess I I was wondering if she even did that. But well, yeah. she wrote the one under a pseudonym. What was it? No vacancy or something? Or casual oh. casual vacancy? Something like that. Under a different name, but I, she's I think she's written a few things, but. She's also just a horrible person. <laughs> a horrible person. I think you're exaggerating a little bit. I think she's just a little old. I don't know. I, I don't know. A horrible person, okay. Holden. Come on. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if I back off from saying that now, I, I feel like I've, I'm in a corner now. 
I have to stick with it. If I say she's not a horrible person, then people she's are not be like, going out and shooting people. She says she says things that are transphobic, and she, it's pretty horrible. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> no, but she's she's not Hitler, Holden. Jeez, okay, it's not I, like she's killed. I think somebody. you I, you and I have different definitions of horrible. Then <laughs> I'm <just laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, Bombadil. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to see this movie. Like you said, the only thing I care about it is Mads Mikkelsen. That's it. See, uh, we're that's... still going to go to it because of him. Yeah, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> Can we get the I'll Mads Mikkelsen? I'll see because I like go? Harry Potter, but I don't know. Yeah, well, see, she they've won. Warner Brothers has won. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the end game now. Uh, anyway... Uh, so last week we had mentioned Christopher Nolan is shopping his movie around to different studios. It was uh, announced this week that he's going to be at Universal. Yeah. And that seemed like the logical. <laughs> I, I figured that's where he was going to end up was Universal. So. Where else would he have gone? Not, he wouldn't do Disney. I mean, I yeah, Sony. Sony. Not that's Sony. Where, well, that's where Tarantino went. Yeah, I guess. So I guess it was either Sony or Universal. Who else has got? I was the... expecting Universal. I guess Sony's Sony's output is is more mixed. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they won over Tarantino, so they did. That's true. It's probably money, money. Uh, um, yeah, I think he should have gone to Happy Madison Films. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect fit, for Christopher Nolan. Uh, which Adam Sandler I was going to say that This is too big bomb. <laughs> I dropped a big bomb in the toilet yesterday. It came out of my hiney. <laughs> oh, well, that was that was a good one, Holden. We were due for a good bit, and there it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, good for him. He's. <laughs> He just seems pretty pretentious, but he makes pretty good movies, and he used to make really, really good movies, so, in my yep. opinion. <laughs> but some people say Dunkirk is just amazing after you watch it a few times. I've still only seen it the once. So I like Dunkirk I need quite a bit. I, I mean, honestly, I, I actually just bought Interstellar on Blu-ray the other day. That's the only one I haven't seen, so I'm going to watch that soon. Um, but I think... Tenet is really the only one I don't like. I think the rest of them I like quite a bit. Dunkirk I like quite a bit. Well, okay then. Yeah. Fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I hope uh, that was it for being a movie about Oppenheimer. You weren't really dropping any bombshells with that news. So. Uh, Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron for me. This was uh weird. Uh, Netflix confirmed, like yesterday, that they're making another Tiger King. Yeah, <laughs> or I just saw a that. second season of Tiger King. Oh, it's going to be titled Tiger King Two, but I, from what I can tell, it is just another season of the show. Um, Tiger King, something I just like forgot about. It, it, I like it was in the. It was so ingrained in pop culture at the beginning of the pandemic for like a month or two, and then it just kind of. <laughs> Fell off my radar. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it was like that, and 
like Among Us, I feel like has fallen off. The yeah, Among Us is that way too. Yeah, I mean, I guess with culture. a lot of trends. Um, I don't Says know, what the guy's you, still playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I don't do it a lot anymore. Um, but Tiger King, what do you what do you think of a second season? I mean, I'll watch it. <laughs> I I can't imagine it'll be as interesting. No, I mean, I I wonder. I feel like it's going to be mainly just Joe Exotic talking from his jail cell. Probably. Yeah, I, I, I wonder what they have that's new. And I, I mean, it's certainly in some ways a cash grab. Like, it was so popular that, of course, they want to make a second season. But I hope they have, like, something that they felt was necessary to make a second season about. I, from what I can tell, it's the same directors who uh, made the first season. I mean, so, Carol Baskin hasn't killed her other husband yet, so... True. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I mean, already not... There's that not going for it, so... Yeah, I don't know. I One of the guys on the show died, so... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Another zookeeper, I think, but... Yeah. Maybe it's just the everybody cracking down on those zookeepers, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm interested. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, I don't think it'll reach near the the phenomenon that the no. first one was. It'll be something that... It, it, well, I mean, it, it's like that making a murderer or whatever. Yeah, I never watched that. I, I never watched it either, but they made a second season of that. And, you know, people watched it or whatever, but it, apparently it was just like, it was fine compared yeah. to the first season. So I'll give it a Bergeron. Yeah, yeah. Bergeron for me too. Um, Next up... Uh, Netflix is apparently uh, more more Netflix news. Netflix is apparently buying the exclusive like media rights to Roll Dolls Estate. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, they said in a statement that they want to create a shared universe. Ooh, uh, yeah, uh, I literally in parentheses after that universe I wrote UG uh, that adapts his works into movies, TV, games, theatrical productions, and interactive experiences. What do you call it? the the Dolliverse? The Dolliverse, I guess. Rolled. Why would I want to play a rolled doll video game? <laughs> like <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I like I like his stories. They're very creative and and whimsical it's, and fun. Uh, but a video Ma- game. Matilda and what else does he have? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Which is, um, BFG. I'm I'm like missing a really big one or two. James and the Giant Peach is one. Okay. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox is one. Yeah, I'm gonna just go Bombadil on this one. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems so weird. I don't. I, I mean, I, and also there's that like Wonka movie that we've mentioned before. I don't know where With that gets Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Right. I wonder if that's gonna go straight to Netflix now or what. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Wonka. Yeah, Wonka. <laughs> it should be Wonka. <laughs> um, oh, and there, there was also it's that just a bunch of British guys being upset with Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Wonka. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give it a Bombadil. That's kind of stupid, honestly. Yeah, well, they rolled the dice on that one. They really did. I'm trying to. Look you can't up. win them, doll. I'm trying to look up. I feel like there's one more I miss oh no okay I think I got the big ones the big ones the big ones okay uh and then this broke like an hour ago this is the thing that I wrote down last minute for the podcast 
Um, it was just announced in the newest Nintendo Direct, the cast of the Mario movie that's coming out next year. And it is, it's bizarre. <laughs> the voice cast, because it's an anime. Leonardo movie. DiCaprio's no, Mario. Chris Pratt's Mario, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird. Anya Taylor-Joy's Peach. <laughs> weird. <laughs> this is animated? Yeah, this is animated. Charlie Day is Luigi. Charlie Day. He's he's like one of the main characters in It's Always Sunny, but he's okay. like, he's another stuff too. He's really funny, but he seems really he's another weird choice for Luigi. Okay. Um <laughs> Jack Black is Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see. Oh, this thing I copied actually had more than I thought. Uh Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key, uh, Key of Key and Peel as yeah. Toad. Okay. Um, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Okay. Uh, I don't know who Cranky Kong is. He's like the old, he's in the lore of Donkey Kong. He's the Donkey Kong from the original arcade game that terrorized Mario. But in the newer games, he's just an old dude, old monkey, old monkey. Yeah, essentially, just an old monkey. He's just an old monkey. Uh, and then Charles Martinet, who voices Mario in the games, is apparently making surprise cameos in the movie. He couldn't just voice the character, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. They needed Chris Pratt on the poster. Chris Pratt as Mario. I don't know about that one. I don't either. <laughs> I'll go Bergeron in there. It's, I don't know it's about like, that. When I, I was watching the Nintendo Direct like live... Um, and it was just weird that this came up since, it, I mean, obviously it's mostly about video games and stuff. And I was like laughing at each each of these casting announcements because I was like, this is the weirdest thing you could choose. I think I laughed the hardest as, at Jack Black as Bowser. That's just so weird. Um, yeah, Bergeron. We'll see. It's made by the despicable me people. So Illumination? Illumination, yeah. Mm. All right. Is that it? Uh, yeah. And game news, I just wanted to mention that um, Deathloop's getting really good reviews. Yeah. And so is Kena Bridge of Spirits, which I didn't know was coming out so soon. But the more I'm hearing about it, the more I want it. Because apparently it's very reminiscent of like Nintendo 64 Zelda games, at least in terms of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, my, Majora's Mask is my favorite Zelda game, so... Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that PlayStation. I mean, continues to just roll out critically acclaimed exclusives that people weren't even expecting. So, yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, um. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. I think I'll wait on on those games though, personally, mm-hmm. for a sale. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll buy I'm them anytime pl- soon. I'm playing some other stuff, which I'll, we'll talk about. And what are you doing? So. But first, Holden, are we ready to go into Swiss Army Man, I'm the so listener ready request? For Swiss Army Man, the listener request. All right, Holden, let's dive into our non-spoiler review. All right, Swiss Army Man. Um, it was a listener request. First one we've done in in a little while. Last one we did was. Um, I'm thinking of ending things, so let's hope this one's a little better, huh? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Swiss Army Man. I I heard about it coming out a few years ago. Synopsis is essentially... It is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean... If you're like, that sounds like Swiss Army Knife, but it's a man. That's what the movie is. That is. I mean, it's you think it's going to be a little bit more metaphorical, I guess, in terms of the title, but it's not really. Like, it's it's, not. Daniel Radcliffe is literally the Swiss Army Knife of of a person. Basically, Paul Dano plays this guy who's like uh, stranded on an island, washed ashore at some unknown time. Uh, and he's like about to kill himself, but then he sees a body wash up on the beach, which the body is Daniel Radcliffe. And the body has all sorts of uses. <laughs> he is, as you said, the Swiss Army knife of people. Um, um, and bizarre adventures ensue, yeah. I would say, is the synopsis. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, I remember hearing about this movie that's very weird, that I, involved the farting corpse. That was like about all I knew. It is it is really weird. <laughs> it is one of the most bizarre movies I've ever seen. Yeah. I would say. Um uh, hold on. did you like this movie? Um I I don't think I liked the ending, but I think I liked everything up until the last 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I liked I did not like the first 10 minutes of the movie at all. I was like, oh my, this is going to be a miss for me. (laughs) I liked the middle hour, like you said, Mm -hmm. and then I didn't like the ending either. Um, So, but I think that that hour in the middle there was actually really good. And after the first 10 minutes, I was like, I'm not going to like this, but I liked it more and more as it went. And I'm like, there's a lot of humanity in this film and just, interesting an interesting character study of paul dano's mind basically through the through the the view of daniel radcliffe i guess who yeah. is just a corpse he's a he's a, a kind of like has no idea of what life is so he's a yeah. swiss army man but then he also has no concept for what like living is or society so paul dano through his perception of society is kind of teaching that stuff to daniel radcliffe and then we are learn more about paul dano through, yeah. through that process um i think they just film paul dano <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he's, he's very i mean the character in this is very socially awkward and and repressed in a lot of ways and it, yeah i mean paul dano as a person comes off as a very socially awkward human I'm I'm so interested in his Riddler in the new Batman movie. That's right. He's the yeah. Riddler. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Um but he, he I mean he's very good in this movie. I mean the movie essentially hinges on him and Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, they're both excellent. They're both great. Great chemistry. I I wish like I wish Daniel Radcliffe would I mean obviously he had a lot of momentum off of Harry Potter, but I feel like he's slowing down a bit in his career. I wish he would get better things because he is a really good actor i think he just gets more niche things that could be i think he's just picked a lot of very out there obscure films he's like i spent half of my life in the big studio scene so let's do some more interesting stuff i mean he <laughs> probably doesn't need money ever no probably so not it's probably just doing it for the the joy of doing it mm. yeah you're probably right so i um, thought i thought daniel radcliffe was really good yeah too. i i honestly had they the the whole movie hinges on their your, their performance, like you said, and and they knocked it out of the park. Um, it is so weird though. 
Like, <laughs> it is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting to see yourself invested in these characters because, like, you take a moment to stop and think about what is actually happening. You're like, this is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I actually care about these characters. So it's a testament to the performances and it's a testament to the the writing and the directing as well. Um, unfortunately, I, you said, I don't think it quite lands at the end. I think for me, the biggest issue with the ending, like I, there's, there's a lot of symbolism with the ending that I, I, appre- I can appreciate but I feel like the ending recontextualizes the movie in a way that I just don't like. <laughs> yeah, a bit. Like it makes it, it may, it kind of lessens the rest of the movie a bit for me because I'm like, well, I don't know. I I don't want to get into it because I don't I don't want to indicate my feel like what I think of it exactly. But just know that it recontextualizes it a bit, and I'm kind of like, eh, that's about what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, but I, I think one of the things that I, I was surprised the most by is, is the score is yeah. really pretty good. And um, it's unique too. Yeah. I, th- I really like how it's juxtaposed against just this weird movie. Like the mo- a lot of the sound, uh, the soundtrack is very like grandiose. There's a lot of choral elements, a lot of strings and stuff. And sometimes it's just juxtaposed with like a farting corpse <laughs> and stuff. It's just it, it's I mean, it's I mean, the music is good in and of itself, but I think that that dynamic is kind of funny. It adds to the humor a bit. Yeah, there's very much like a childlike wonder in this mm-hmm. movie, too. There's a lot of imagination. It's a very imaginative film. Yeah, I would say. And it it, it is very looking at someone who's socially awkward and still the humanity that they have and this wonderful world that exists for them mm-hmm. um, and how people can't really understand that from the outside and maybe yeah. just come off as judgmental, which I think is an interesting theme and it's an important theme. I mean, it is hard to sometimes crack into the the world of people who are socially awkward, but it is like if you can kind of get a glimpse into their mind you can see the beauty in it yeah and and the imagination mm-hmm. and the creativity and the the love that's there um so i did i liked how that theme resonated um especially in that middle hour um yeah it it's yeah. it's kind of cool um Oh, I guess that's that's kind of a spoiler. I, uh, that's that's hard to talk about. I don't know how much I can really say anymore without spoiling it. I yeah, guess, so. there's because I mean this movie. It it's hard to like. It's not like there's huge a, a lot of huge spoilers or anything, but just like most people would go into this movie knowing very little. Like I only went in knowing there was a farting corpse. That I didn't know it. anything. I literally did not know anything. Okay. Um, and so I, I just, I feel like a lot of the movie was very surprising for me. Um, just know it's, it, it is a, it's a funny movie. It's a heartwarming movie in a lot of ways up until the end. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And the way, the way the themes are presented, which I want to get into a bit more in spoilers is, is very unique and cool. So, Yeah. Yeah. All right, should we give our ratings and dive into spoilers? Yeah, sure. You go first. I think I'm going to go 8 out okay. of 10 um, because 
I really, really liked 60 minutes of this movie. Mm -hmm. And I didn't love the other like 27 or 30 or whatever it is. So, or 30, I think it's like hour 31 when the credits hit. So I, I am going to go eight. I actually did like the first 10 minutes and I think part of that, I mean, I'm sure you, part of it was you saw the farting corpse and you're like, oh, or like, what well, was it you didn't like about the first time? I just minutes? thought it was too slow. I just oh, okay. thought it took forever to get going. And then the payoff was like, like a farting corpse. And I was just like, oh, I, actually, I didn't think it was that funny. Like, I just thought it was like, oh, this is just weird. <laughs> I kind of, I, I actually did enjoy the first 10 minutes, but I think for me, the ending sours it a bit too much for me and there's yeah i'll I probably go seven ending, and a half i mean i didn't hate the ending i thought it was serviceable but i don't think it was a huge hugely satisfying ending i don't know and i don't I, think i fully understood it either i like i didn't i didn't quite i wasn't sure if i had interpreted the actual what was happening correctly but I think thematically, I understood what they were going for. So I think it was. I understood too. I, I feel like there's a lot of metaphors there that get mixed a bit, and I think that was the issue for me. Because I think I think there's part of it that I took a little too literally. But it's, I don't know. With all of that going on, I feel like maybe maybe it should have been a bit more clear. I don't know. I don't know. This is a movie where it's kind of hard to tell what is real and what is yeah. not real. Like what is maybe potentially going on in this guy's head which might be the point but i don't know so yeah i'm at an eight you're at a seven and a half and and let's uh let's talk about spoilers yeah just in case you don't want to have this movie spoiled for you. Uh, time code's in the description. Jump on over. Here's your last chance because, as we know, Holden likes to just throw out the big things right away. So that's your last warning. So, Holden, we got a farting corpse. I thought mm. Daniel Radcliffe's comedic delivery was amazing. Yeah. Like his, his, <laughs> I'm going to think about your mom. You know, I thought that <laughs> stuff was really. <laughs> I thought his way of like viewing the world and how that his lines were written were really funny. Yeah. It's, it's very, I mean, it's very, I mean, they mentioned it in the movie. He's very blunt and just like, he, he think like just says whatever he's thinking and he doesn't really think about anything too hard before he, he goes through with things. And so I, yeah, I think that adds to a lot of, it. it's a good dynamic with Paul Dano who overthinks everything and, they're they're a good duo throughout the movie yeah and i love their whole like i love the montages where they'd create things or they'd experience things i honestly the montages i think were the best parts of the movie where you really get to see the humanity of this really socially awkward guy and this dead guy who's reanimated (laughs) well it's so cool i mean just from a technical perspective it's cool like all the stuff they make and i mean it it's very impressive like i mean it's hard to hard to say whether any of that is actually real or not but i mean it's very cool looking and it's all made out of like stuff from the woods which is neat yeah and i thought the way that they kind of combine stuff later when his life like flashes through his eyes or whatever or 
um, there's that conflict where there's that between them and Daniel Radcliffe's character, which I'm Manny. Is he Manny? Manny. Yeah. It's Manny and blanking uh, on Paul Dano's character. Yeah. I'll look him up. Uh, it's like one syllable. Yeah. But, it's, it's a short name. Uh, but his character is like remembering things and the, like the way the camera moves throughout the scene and how it interacts. I thought that was really creative filmmaking and yeah, I just, the whole, I like Hank. Uh, I like how a lot of the filmmaking was left up to your imagination too. Mm -hmm. How it was very dreamlike at times and minimalist. Um, I, yeah, I just thought it the, the filmmaking itself and the cinematography perfectly matched the themes in the story. Yeah. And this relationship that these two characters had because it really is their relationship is the whole movie. It's uh it's interesting that we had the tragedy of Macbeth for a trailer because that's like the most A24 looking thing. And this has a lot of A24 like classic elements, but it's also very different, I think. Um in a lot of ways. Um for the most part, I mean, I think it's the weird mix of, of psychological themes with comedy and, and very lowbrow comedy, too. That's just unique to me. He has a penis compass. Yeah, he has a penis compass, <laughs> which was pretty funny. It's like it's uh, I mean, that's something to be said about this movie is like farts and, and boners it's, are funny like yeah. in the context of the movie it's something that not a lot of movies can pull off well it, i think this movie is very polarizing like you are either gonna get on board or you're not and yeah. you're gonna be like this is really weird acid trip of a movie and i do not enjoy um i i was i heard things but i don't i didn't actually see like if this is confirmed or if this is just a rumor, but like some of the film festivals this was shown at, apparently people just like walked out of it. That wouldn't like, I don't know if it was shown at Cannes or if it was just Sundance or something, but yeah, people apparently just got up and walked out. That wouldn't surprise me if it's Cannes. <laughs> Let's be honest. I like how, um, I like how Daniel Radcliffe would just repeat what Paul Dano said back to him. He's like, no, don't say that stuff. Like, you can't talk like that. He's like, well, you said, like, I just, the whole, like, naivety uh, of Daniel Radcliffe's character, Manny, was just really, I mean, it was just so much fun to watch. And it, yeah. That was where a lot of the humor came from. And I, I actually had some good good laughs there. Yeah. yeah so. Same here. Uh, but it did. It was not a hundred percent hit rate for me. Um, but I do think you really do feel this relationship mm. brew over the course of the movie, and I was just like, oh man, I'm not looking forward to the inevitable tension that comes between them. But thankfully, it wasn't that long lived. It wasn't that long, and it was. I mean, it was. It wasn't like too cliche. I mean, it was. It like the way it came about was a little bit different, and the scene that it takes place in with like the, the bear <laughs> was like, which was foreshadowed really well with the big poop. Yeah. 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 Um, so I mean that, that whole, you know, movie cliche was, was spiced up enough for this. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I was, I couldn't tell is that is, 
Is the whole thing supposed to be in his head? Like, other than, like, the things he made? Like, is he is he actually even on an island, or is he just some crazy guy that lives in the woods? Well, that's what I... It's hard for me because, okay, I, I'm, I am pretty sure, like, Daniel Radcliffe is just in his head. I mean, at, certainly at least the talking portion. Like, I, I, this this thing is not actually, you know, magically farting. It's not actually talking. I'm almost certain of that. And I'm pretty sure that's just him, like, rediscovering this more, like, outgoing, more open personality. Because, like, Daniel Radcliffe is like, why, why are you afraid to hide your farts? Like, <laughs> that's, like, a whole thing throughout the movie is that Paul Dano, like, wants to hide his farts. Um... But like, the, the if you're thing, hiding your farts from me, what else are you hiding? Yeah, from me? <laughs> that's really funny. Um, but the the ending, it seemed t- too literal. Like, and that's what really soured me was I'm like, so this guy's just a crazy person who's been living behind this woman's house. I'm like, just if has this picture of this woman who is on the bus. Yeah, and so that is really. That is creepy. Yeah. I'm like, if that's like the movie, then I mean, I certainly feel bad for him. Like he needs help, but like, it's like, I feel like I also feel bad for like rooting for him because he's just like living (laughs) with near this woman that he doesn't, he's never even like talked to. It's just, it's, it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. And then like thinking about it that way, then I'm like thinking of the rest of the movie. I'm like, well, I don't I don't think he was actually on an island. I think at the very least he was like out in the woods somewhere. Yeah, I just but, was not I didn't I I was confused. I was like I don't know if I'm supposed to recontextualize the whole movie as this mm-hmm. was all a lot of this was just in his head. But I do think that that any regardless it it shows that we people who are have like a mental illness like this or you know who are socially awkward mm. kind of creepy there is still a beautiful person inside of them that yeah it's yeah. hard to see from the outside but it is there so but that also doesn't just make it okay to be like, well, yeah exactly to, like, that's my creepy outside of people's that's houses. my thing is this movie has a really great message of like i think if if this is about like daniel radcliffe is just this other side to paul dano that he's neglected all these years it's a really good message to, like self-love and everything and he like he f- chooses to end of the movie he's like focusing on himself and then you know the body floats away because he doesn't need it anymore or something um but yeah, I mean that can only get, take you so far. Like he still he, like he needs to get help. Yeah, he still needs to get help, and he's still living just like hundreds of yards away from this woman that he doesn't know. It's very, very weird. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, and I, I've I don't I also don't know if the that whole setting is still supposed to be taken literally. Like maybe maybe none of that actually happened i don't know but i kind of took maybe it he's i took dead. it you know yeah, I, don't know. I don't know it's hard to say i took it i took that ending i guess a little literally but yeah i mean i was just confused like it was just a confusing ending more mm-hmm. than anything i think but like i said the theme still lands so yeah therefore for me it's still a, a serviceable ending yeah but um and i mean they wrapped up the relationship nicely too 
Uh, Paul Dano uh, probably farts at the end of the movie. Both times. Well, he he he, he farts. He's like not afraid to fart anymore. That's just what I was bringing up. Is he he farts in front of everyone? Yeah, and then they <laughs> then there's another fart, and he's yeah. like, "That wasn't me," yeah. which is pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> His body just shaking. Well, I, my favorite part about that line was like, "There's a fart," and then I think he says that it wasn't me, and then the the cop like doesn't e- didn't even notice the fart, so he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> it's like Paul Dano is so focused on the farts. I thought that cop was just like what. No, I I had the sense of well then the, the fart happened and he's like oh man that's ridiculous come on man and he's like oh yeah me. maybe you're right so, maybe, I I was just misremembering that yeah Holden <laughs> unreliable narrator over here Holden Sutter yeah can't be trusted <laughs> anything else to say about the the man who is Swiss Jeez. the man is a Swiss army um yeah I don't know I it's it's I think it's worth taking a chance on it. I mean, it, if you're into just bizarre movies, and if you have I, a Showtime descri- subscription, which I do, you do. I I rented it with my Google Play credits. Which well, was, it was I, like seven dollars. Spotify still hasn't taken away my student subscription for their like Spotify. You, you get Spotify, Hulu, and Showtime for like five bucks a month. I didn't know Showtime was part of that too. Yeah. So well, I'm letting Spotify know. Holden, <laughs> <laughs> no, Jimmy, don't. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's it. Take, yeah. We're in spoilers, Holden. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, uh, we've had a couple weeks um, I have watched quite a bit, but I'm not going to say everything because we'd Thank be goodness. Here. we would be here. I'll, I, I'll just hit the highlights. I don't care. I'll them. hit the highlights. Um, my favorite movie I watched this week, this like last week, was a movie called Shit House. Okay, um, it's an indie movie from last year. It it was literally filmed on like a budget of fifteen thousand dollars. It feels like someone just graduated film school and decided to make this movie. Um, but it's essentially a coming of age movie about this guy who goes he's he's a freshman in college he's six months in and he has like no friends he's just a very awkward person very um he doesn't he's very like reliant on his family back home in terms of like social you know interactions and stuff he likes to call his mom a lot and everything um and he goes to this party at a frat, the titular shit house. Um, and titular, he, titular. <laughs> uh, it's funny because on the poster it's like S, and then it's just like the symbols that you use to like oh. censor so the it's word like shit. S exclamation at sign. Yeah, whatever. Like pound. hashtag. Yeah, pound. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and then he he goes this and he meets up he finds his ra and they kind of hit it off and start talking first half of the movie is just like uh, them like talking over the course of one night and just getting to know each other and then the second half of the movie is like completely different and kind of awkward but very entertaining it's just a very sweet movie and i uh, it's it's incredibly relatable like i mm-hmm. i this i feel 
I don't <laughs> I'm saying this don't think I had like no friends or whatever in college <laughs> that's not why I'm saying this but I oh this movie, you were a loser it, it this movie was like written by college kids who just graduated college and obviously it's a very recent movie so it's something that our generation and those around us can relate to but it's just it, like his insecurities a lot of what he goes through um, his relationships with other people, it, it felt very relatable to people our age. Um, it, I, I what felt, did you watch it on? This is on Showtime. Okay. Um, but it, it, I, I was like in love with it. I, this might be my favorite coming of age movie now. I, I just, and maybe that's mostly just cause I found it very relatable, but in terms of the fact that it was made for $15,000, it's a very good looking movie. Um, that, performances are very good the star of it is also like the director writer producer guy um and he's very good i'm interested to see what he makes along down the line i had how heard did you heard him how did you hear about it i this i don't know if it was at film festivals or what it was i just remember i actually remember seeing ads on instagram of all things for this like I think this came out October last year. They're like, year. you have no friends. Here's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> Based well, on was, our algorithm, it, it, you have I don't no know, friends. I don't know what struck me about it, but I remember watching them, and it was just like very small clips from the movie, and it was like, it's funny, but it's not like, it's not laugh out loud. It's just kind of like, you know, relatable. Amusing. Haha, amusing, funny. It's like Seinfeld. It's like just amusing. It's not like yeah, and I but I don't and I don't think it wasn't like trying to be laugh out loud funny. I think it accomplished the, the level of humor it was going for. But I remember seeing the trailers and be like, oh yeah, this looks amusing. And then it came out and got great reviews. And so it's just kind of been on my radar. And then when I I just remembered that I had the Showtime subscription, so I went on there <laughs> and was like looking at all the movies. And I was like, oh okay, so I decided to watch it. So, Jimmy, if you ever get the chance to watch it, especially while you're still a, a young man, I think you might you might appreciate it. Okay. I can confirm Holden does have friends. I do have friends. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm trying to pull up what else I had. Oh, uh, one of the other movies I watched this week was Assault on Precinct 13. Was that? I was thinking, that's not the John Boyega one, is it? No, that's Attack the Block or whatever. Yeah, but uh, he's in another one too. This is a John Carpenter movie, not John okay, Boyega. Yeah. <laughs> What's it's, the difference? I mean, yeah, they right? have a lot of common. It, it's a, I think it, this was one of his first movies. He might have even made it before Halloween. Um, but it's it's a very simple movie. Uh, I think, what did I watch it on? Amazon? It's either on Amazon or Hulu. But it's just like it's about this gang who attacks a police precinct because they're like housing essentially someone who killed one of their members. And it's kind of it's one of those movies where they are like trying to break in and they're trying to and the police are trying to defend this place. And it's very, very simple, very, very straight to the point. Has an awesome sound. I mean, John Carpenter did his own music again like he did for Halloween. And the music is also very good in this. But it's it's pretty entertaining. It's got some really good. It's not like it's not like cheesy, but it's still got some like funny one-liners in it. It's a very quotable movie. Um, but yeah, I think I think he did make this before Halloween, so he had probably even a smaller budget for this than he did for Halloween, which also was made on like pocket change essentially. So, um, 
yeah, good movie. And then the last movie I want to mention is the possibly the weirdest thing I've seen, which uh, the title credits of this movie come up and it says Walt Disney present Walt Disney Studios presents a David Lynch film. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, David Lynch made a movie for Disney in the 90s. Actually, he made it and then Disney bought the rights. But he, the movie he made was like, it's a biopic essentially of uh, this guy from Iowa who takes a, tra- a road trip on his lawnmower across the state and into Wisconsin um, to meet his brother. It's this very old man and he does, his, his vision is very bad so he can't drive a car. Uh, but he takes this lawnmower and he's he's going to visit his brother because his brother just had a stroke and he's like was on bad terms with his brother for a while. So he's like, okay. I need to have amends. Um, but it's it, it's it, it's very weird. It's it is by far the most straightforward David Lynch movie I've ever seen. But it is it's a great movie. It's a very beautiful movie. It highlights a lot of the what's it called? The straight story. Sorry, straight I should have. I didn't say that. The straight story is what it's called. It's on Disney Plus, um, uh, but it's yeah, it, it's a very beautiful movie. David Lynch clearly has like a love for the Midwest, which I I think is weirdly also in Twin Peaks, but it's a lot more straightforward here, where it, it, he just like has these gorgeous shots. He highlights like the kindness of the like small townsfolk and everything. Everyone's very friendly to this old man and the old man's performance is one of the best i've ever seen richard farnsworth is the actor who i'm not really familiar with him in other stuff i don't think and this was the last movie he made before he died but it is it's phenomenal it's this very layered guy this real i mean he's based on a real guy um former he was a world war ii vet um very kept to himself but he's i don't know it's hard to explain it's it's not the most exciting movie, as I told you by the synopsis. He is riding on a lawnmower, but the people he meets along the way and stuff, it's very cool. And it's I don't want to say it's like an entry point into David Lynch because it is like not weird like his other stuff. But it is it like if you want to say you've watched a David Lynch movie, but you don't actually want to put the time into like watching a, a hard David Lynch movie, this is the one to watch. Um and yeah, uh, beyond that, I, I started What We Do in the Shadows. The new season of that's out. Still very good. Um, I finished Wolfenstein 2. I started The Last Guardian because uh, okay. that's on the PlayStation the Plus thing collection. for PS5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's a game I'd wanted to play since it's The Shadow of the Colossus people. It's pretty good. I don't like it as much as that game. It's a lot. It's much more of like a puzzle game. Um but it has, I mean, the, the main, like, bird dog thing that's in all the material that follows you. Bird dog thing. Well, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what, what else would you say it is? I don't know. <laughs> bird dog thing is not the what came to my mind. But. Well, it's got wings. Like, I don't know. It's bigger than that, though. Like, well, it's okay, huge. yeah, it's a big bird dog thing. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> At least say a big bird dog thing. (laughs) With feathers or something? No, no, it's got fur. Yeah, it's got fur. Um, But anyway, the the AI on it is phenomenal. It's probably some of the best in video games out there. Probably some of the best big bird dog (laughs) thing AI out there. I mean, 
one of the things about the game that people always said it's kind of seen as like a positive and a negative is that he won't always listen to you but that's like suppose that's like part of the programming because it's just this like big beast and it's kind of like you know playful sometimes it's never at least i've never gotten to the point where it's like annoying but and it's mostly cute but i don't know it's 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 good <laughs> well, as someone who still has not finished the last level of shadow of the colossus yeah <laughs> uh, but that's it probably pass yeah that's it for me though uh movie wise the thing i watched outside of uh swiss army man was uh team america world police was, have you seen that before? no it was, <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny i mean there was i had a couple good laughs in it but i didn't think it was like amazing yeah um but yeah. you know it was that south park humor and like the metaphor at the end i thought was pretty clever <laughs> um using inappropriate you know terminology to to explain like different viewpoints on u.s interventionist policies in the post 9-11 world was pretty creative and and very trey park trey parker matt stone-esque thing to do um so which one's the joel cohen and which one's the ethan cohen trey parker is the the, the better the main guy <laughs> whichever we don't know which one is which what we don't know which well we don't know which cohen yeah we don't know which, which cohen is the is the We'll find out (laughs) the talent. Uh, But uh, yeah, so that was, you know, it was on Netflix. So, you know, it was like 90 minutes or whatever. I just liked the the style of the, like some of the shots were incredible. Yeah. I'm like, how did they make this? It's it's, amazing. And then they just go and then like the people are just flopping because they're like somewhat puppets, somewhat stop motion. I don't know. Yeah, it's like marionettes. I mean, that's essentially. But it was... I thought the the style, the way or the way the movie was made was hilarious. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it since. I I think I want to rewatch it because I watched it maybe sophomore junior year of high school, and I thought it was funny. But I think a lot of it just kind of flew over my head at the time. So, yeah, um, I do think it kind of kind of sulks or lags in the middle a little mm-hmm. bit, but um, or drags. Uh, then. Um, game wise I, I platinum god of war good job yeah um i would i beat the valkyrie queen the first try but i was on the easy mode i thought i had like a really good strategy um so i would have liked to have seen how long it would have taken me to beat her on the, the normal mode is that but, something you can like change in the options at any well, point how would i have to i i don't know if you can just it i could have changed it beforehand Oh, I see. Yeah, because you, you beat it. So but I beat it, back. so I would yeah. have to like replay the entire game yeah. <laughs> to get there, I guess. But um, I had like fully upgraded armor, and then I had like the realm shift like uh, talisman, where like uh, it literally slows down time for six seconds. Mm. So like she couldn't do anything for six seconds, and I'm just doing like all my runic attacks on her at <laughs> once. So like my blades of chaos two root light runic heavy runic and my leviathan axe light runic heavy runic and the runic summon that atreus is doing so it's like i just sent everything at her and like just and then i use my rage and all that mm-hmm. so uh i i won that one i did technically die and have to use a resurrection stone but it was pretty handily um so i would have been interested but so in the vein of that, I was gonna play Horizon Zero Dawn, but I just 
oh, I forgot to mention this is this is important. I watched the uh, Raising Kratos documentary oh, okay. on YouTube, uh, the making of which have you watched that? Mm-mm. Very interesting. It just is like, why would anybody want to work in the gaming industry? This seems like the most stressful thing to do ever. <laughs> Everybody seems to just be on each other's nerves all the time and think their game is terrible. And then they end up making one of the best games of all time. And they didn't even know it until it was released. Well, so. yeah, I um, there, there's a show. There's an Internet show I like to watch um, that covers a lot of uh, like game failures, but sometimes success stories. If it's just like interest, like interesting. But one of my favorite games of all time, Metroid Prime, is like the biggest example of like the initial CEO of the company that was making it was like spending all of the money on like like strippers and like drugs and stuff. He's just this horrible person. And Nintendo had him fired. And then the, the people are like rushing to finish this game. And then they release it. They think it's awful. But then it's one of the considered one of the best Nintendo games out there. Yeah, so that inspired me, and I'm actually using PlayStation now to go Ooh. back and play the old old ones. So I'm oh. playing the original on PlayStation now, which is <laughs> my biggest gripe with the game is that you can only save it at certain points, and they only pop up every, like, some of them will pop up after, like, 10 minutes of gameplay, 5 minutes of gameplay. Others will pop up, to, up after, like, 40 minutes of <laughs> gameplay, and I've been playing them in the morning before I go to work, and I'm like... I need to go to work. I need a save point. Otherwise, the last 30 minutes of my game have just been wasted and I have to redo everything. So PlayStation Now is like streaming, right? It is. How's the the lag? So I haven't noticed. I mean, I haven't noticed. I had one day where my internet was kind of crappy, which my internet is usually very solid. So it was not an enjoyable experience then. But the problem with the save thing is it's like I can't just put it into rest mode because PlayStation now will boot you off Mm -hmm. to clear up their servers. Um, So it would be preferable to just download it. But honestly, it feels very seamless. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not... It's obviously not like a first-person shooter where all that stuff is super duper important. So I haven't really noticed, but I haven't honestly thought about it that much. It's yeah. pretty seamless. I mean, I just bought a month for ten dollars, and mm. I'm hoping because I have the third one remastered because it was a PS Plus Game of the Month oh, one yeah, time. Yeah. So if I can get through the first two, I should be good to go. I think I'll skip Ascension because that's like the bad one, I guess, or the mediocre one. I heard Ascension was good, actually. I don't know. Well, I, it's, it's made. Just it's, the, it's still made by Santa Monica. Yeah. Right? Well, in the in the Raising Kratos documentary, they would played it off like it was not very good. Oh, okay. And they were like trying to rediscover themselves after that. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been doing, Holden. Nice. Since you asked, and I well, I, I should say I like I like the first God of War game. It's that's good. Very fun for a game from two thousand five. This <laughs> there's a lot more like just nudity in it than i was expecting <laughs> it's a very like 2005 m-rated game like here's some blood and here's some nudity oh yeah gamers here we go it's um, it, it's weird because i i think i played the new one and then i watched my dad play three he played the remastered of three and it's just like it's so different like in terms of tone and everything well it's crazy i mean kratos does not feel like the same character at all in the first one like it yeah. seems like a completely different person um and also just not a person. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's crazy that like opening up chests to get things is from like the very first minute of the game. It, like getting different rewards. The Spartan Rage is from the very beginning of the, the first game. It's oh, okay. there. Um, 
breaking things to get you know breaking the pots and stuff to get certain things is there it's like some of these game mechanics are from the very first minutes of the first game which is just interesting to to see that it's still the echoes of that are still prevalent in the, in the new games so. that's cool yeah i mean god of war 2018 just hit different for me this time i was for me the first time i played i really liked it It was a 9 out of 10 from but now i think it's a 10 out of 10 and it's really good really worth that was such a stacked year with that red dead and spider-man coming out it was a really good year for gaming god god of war i i won't spend much longer on this but god of war just it, it I, I mentioned earlier I like Zelda games, but I think my favorite aspect of it is it feels like a Zelda, but with like, it feels like a perfect balance between Zelda and God of War, honestly. It feels like a like kind of God of War combat, and I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. And just that mature kind of modern storytelling. Yeah, yeah games. too. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm very excited for Ragnarok, obviously. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all I have, Holden. Take us home. Well, next week, Jimmy, we have the hotly anticipated Venom Let There Be Carnage. <sighs> <laughs> so, Andy Circus, wish you the best, man. Yeah, it, I, there were some of those early reactions that came out, and it was definitely the early reactions of people that have to say it's not awful, but it's they but deep down they know it's not very good <laughs> i i was seeing something about like god and like almost everyone i saw it was like you have to say for the after credits scene you have to so we'll see maybe that ties it into the mcu finally or something i don't know yeah maybe uh tom holland's in it yeah maybe hello oh, i know michael keaton's in it so Oh, wait, no, he's in Morbius. Never mind, he's not in this. I know, I keep getting them confused, too. Maybe Morbius is at the end. Maybe <laughs> Michael Keaton's in the end credits. He could be. Michael Keaton's hey, like, what's I'm, up, getting, Doc? I'm getting a team together. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. So. Yeah, so we'll do that. Um, and then two weeks, no time for die. We are in the month. No of time stuff. for die. No time for die. We we are in the month of stuff coming out like all the time. So um, very exciting. Oh, I will say that looking. I just looked up Venom. Let there be carnage to see what people are saying. And uh, there's someone in the cast list that I did not know was going to be in this movie. And so I would not look it up because I feel like I just had a little oh, cameo no. spoiled. <laughs> um. Oops. So, don't look it up. Don't do it. Don't put it in your pocket. Don't put it in your pocket. <laughs> it was. It's not Tom Holland. I'll just say. That. Okay. It was okay. somebody else. But um, don't put it in your pocket. Uh, what else? Movie requests. Email them in. Give yeah. us a five star review. <laughs> Did you say that already? No, you I got wasn't it. Listening to um, it. I think that's it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very excited for this coming up month of, of movies. Yay. All right. Adios, pantalones. Love you.